As we're looking through, we're looking at these, you know, what's Jesus doing in the last, in the last 24 hours? What's he saying? What's, what are his actions, right? We have him right here, and he's submitting to the will of his Father. It, it, in uh, our world today, right, if you're in the last 24 hours of your life, you know, what people would tell you to do, they'd, you know... What they certainly wouldn't tell you to do is, you know, go pray somewhere. They'd say, you need to go uh, skydiving, right? You need to go Rocky Mountain climbing, right? You need to go ride a bull named Fu Manchu. Like, that's what you need to do. You need to live it up, right? And in the last 24 hours of Jesus' life, and he knows it, right, what he's doing is he's going in prayer to the Lord, but then he's submitting to the Lord's will. He's submitting to the Lord's will. So let's pick back up. It's uh, in verse 40 is where we left off. It says, And he came to the disciples, and he found them sleeping, and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus is praying, and he comes back, and he finds his disciples sleeping, right? And it says that he says to Peter, Hey, stay with me. Can't you stay up just an hour? Your spirit, you're, you're willing to be with me, uh, but, but your flesh is weak. And isn't it, isn't it interesting that um, as humans, we, we very much struggle with realizing what things are important and what things aren't. So Jesus has told them, you know, I'm about to go. Is, this is my time. Now, I'm about to fulfill what the scripture said. He's told them, right? But, but they didn't want to believe it. They didn't want to believe it. And so they're sitting here and they're falling asleep in these last moments with Jesus. They didn't realize their importance. And we go through this with our lives. We struggle to, to, to realize what's important and what's not. And we, and we, and we sleep in times when we shouldn't uh, be asleep. And, and we, or really, we sleep through things in our lives that we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't be. And, and, and we struggle to figure out what's important. It's, it's cool because Matthew and Mark, like I said, they have uh, versions of this that are pretty close. They go almost word for word. And then you have Luke. Luke has his own version of this garden scene, which is an account of it, which is similar. It tells the same things, but a little shorter version. And then as I'm reading this, I go, oh, well, John. Oh, John's going to have a killer version. You know why? Because John was there. John's the best one. I don't even know why I read Matthew, right? He wasn't even there. He got that junk secondhand. John was there. I don't even know. So if you go to John, the book of John, you're like, John, dude, come through right here. You were actually there. Tell me what's up. Uh, He says, we went to a garden, and then he skips that part. Now, why do you think that he skipped that part? It's because he was asleep during it, right? (laughs) He's asleep. Jesus comes over and says, Peter, man, y'all, John's passed out, right? And he's sleeping through this important thing, so much so that he doesn't even tell the story of this event when he's writing his his account. And so uh, to go on, it says, uh, verse 42, and he went away again a second time and prayed, saying, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. So Jesus says again, your will be done. 
be done. If this can't pass unless I drink it, I'm going to do it. So what's he talking about with this, unless I drink it? Most of us know that, um, you know, no spoilers, but we know that what's going to happen after this. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to be sacrificed for us. And, and, and we can understand why he would be grieved, right? We can understand why he'd be stressed because we're like, okay, if I was facing, because He's, he's about to go, he's about to be tortured, right? He's going to be whipped, he's going to be, you know, just have to be pierced and, and put on a cross and, and, and just made to suffer until he dies. And so we go, man, I understand why he'd be grieved. He's, he's going up against, he's about to be tortured, he's about to go through, he's about to be killed, right? We understand why he would be grieved, but it's interesting because he almost more points out um, what he says is, I'll drink this cup. And in Jeremiah, it says, the cup of the wrath of God. It's, it's interesting because Jesus seems to be more afraid of the second part because the second thing he's going to experience in less than 24 hours at this point is not just torture, not just made to hang on a cross and, and death, but he's going to go and he's going to be on that cross, right? And he's going to take the sins of us. He's going to put on him our sins, right? And he's going to experience the wrath of God to save us, right? We, we said the verse uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 last time that uh, he made him who, was, who had not sinned to be sin. He's going to be sin for us on a cross. And so much so, he's going to experience the wrath of God so much so that it's at one point when he's on the cross, he's going to say, why have you forsaken me? Right? As God turns his back from him, as he experiences our punishment of us all. And so he's sitting in a garden hours before he knows he's about to go through this. And he's saying, I don't want to go through this. Lord, take, if you can take this cup from me, I don't want to drink it. If you can take it, but you know what? Your will be done. Your will be done. And in Luke, in Luke, when Luke's uh, talking about this event, and it makes sense that Luke would, would point this out because Luke was a doctor. But it says, uh, in 44, it says, and, be, uh, and being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the earth. Jesus is so anguished, so stressed at this time that he experiences this phenomenon that, you know, it, we, we've seen in, in humans, but it doesn't happen a, a lot. That he's, so, he's so stressed, right, that his like capillaries are like bursting and he's sweating blood. That's how, that's how much anguish he's in about what he knows he's about to experience. Yet he's saying, your will be done. In 43 it says, and he came and found them sleeping. Their, and for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. So to finish this scene, Jesus, he's prayed three times, and, and we've talked about what he's been saying, but he, he, he comes up and he comes to his disciples and says, uh, 
it, the, the one thing that stuck out to me is he says, let us be going. You see, because a, a, a couple weeks ago, uh, for like a month or, or a time like that, we had this whole series that we went through in here. And Ben came up and he talked about uh, this whole series. It was called The Whole Story, right? Uh, AKA JC and the OT. Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And for weeks, we went in here and we read verses in the Old Testament. We read these stories of how Jesus was, was making his plan from the very beginning. How this wasn't a new thing, but from the very beginning, Jesus had a plan to redeem us from sin. That Jesus had worked it in and he had prophets and he had these people who went before him who, who, who did things similar to him. Um, and and Woven throughout that is this plan to redeem us from our sin. And we're talking, right? We're at this point. We're, all, we're, we're less than 24 hours from it. We're, we're right there. This whole, the whole span of time, right, is Jesus saying from the very beginning, right, once we've sinned, he said, I'm going to redeem them. And he's woven it through his story. He's woven it through the Old Testament is what we, we, we saw when we went through that series. He's woven it through there. He's came to the earth, right? He's, he's lived a perfect life, which is like, Hashtag not easy, right? And so he goes through his whole, his, his whole life and, and, and does his ministry, and he gets to the very end here, and he's saying, he, he, he gets to the very end, and he says, let us be going, right? Just imagine the significance of this moment. The, the entire redemptive plan of Jesus is right here, is he saying, let us be going, and he's going on the cross to die for us. And it's crazy because he didn't have to, right? He chose to. And this is what I want to point out, and it's going to be revealed in this, that Jesus did not get caught. Jesus did not get swindled. Judas did not. Judas betrayed Jesus, but he didn't get him, right? Jesus didn't end up somewhere that he didn't want to be and go, oh, dang it, right? Oh, they're going to, they're going to get me. Jesus submitted to this. He knew it was the plan, and he went forward with it, right? He said, let us be going. Where are we going, Jesus? We're going to find the guy who's going to betray me to the religious elite who are going to take me to a cross and who are going to kill me. It was his choice. He said, your will be done, and he's following through with it. And we're going to see that in verse 47. It says, while he was still speaking, behold, Judas... One of the twelve came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign saying, whoever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately Jesus went up to, or Judas went up to Jesus and said, hail rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, friend, do what you have come for. And they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And so Jesus leaves, immediately leaves this garden and finds Judas. And Judas turns him over to these guards, to the uh, religious elites who are going to take him down, right? And he gives himself up. But again, we have Peter and John and, and James here, and they, they still don't understand this. They're still missing what's important, right? And so in 51, it says, and behold, one of those who were with him, uh, Jesus 
with Jesus, reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Another version of this story uh, reveals to us that this was Peter who did it. Peter's always just making bold moves, just going for it, right? And in this moment, he decides it's a good idea to cut a guy's ear off. Not a good idea. But he cuts the guy's, he, he, he goes to protect him, cuts the guy's ear off. But listen to what Jesus says. He says, put your sword back in its place. For those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? So Jesus says in this moment, he says, stop. Do you not think that I'm in control of this? Like I said before, don't be uh, tricked into thinking that Jesus got tricked into this. No, Jesus is in control. And he points out, he says, hey, listen, don't protect me. I'm, I'm willing to do this. I'm going into this by choice, right? If, if I wanted to, right now, I could call down angels, right? A legion of angels. Last service, I, I did this and I said some number and everybody got math. I did the math wrong, okay, right? I've outsourced math in my life to my wife, right? So I don't do math, right? I should have made her run over those numbers. So a legion is like 6,000 soldiers is what a legion was. And he says 12, so 12 times 6. Y'all do that math for yourselves. And that many angels are here that he could call down, right, to just take this out. And so he's saying, Peter, you haven't realized this yet, right? But I'm in control. I'm in control. I'm choosing to do this. I, could call, I don't need your, your sword to try and take down this guard, right? I could call down a whole legions of angels at any point and get out of this, but I'm submitting to this. And so my takeaway from this is is Jesus, right? Last week we talked about how Jesus said, you know, this commandment is that you should love each other. Love each other, right? Love each other. And we, and we talked about that, you know, this is one of the last conversations he's having uh, with his disciples and he tells them, hey, you know what? Love each other. And, and, and we talked about the terrific impact that had on people. For, like John was there and, and he writes whole books after that where he's just like, hey, listen, God is love and we need to love each other, Right? And we talked about that, but in this story, as Jesus goes uh, to, to this, this garden, and as he prays, right, there's, there's, there's a lot of takeaways that you can take from this. I mean, first of all, Jesus goes to a place to pray, right? He, he goes in a moment, uh, which seems just stressful to pray, but in Luke, it says this, it says, as was his custom, Right? Which means he wasn't going to this place to pray just because, you know, he was desperate, right? He was going because he had always gone to this place to pray, because he had been in prayer. And so there's a, there's a whole thing we can take away that Jesus, in these last moments, is still going uh, to the Lord and speaking to the Lord and letting him speak to him. Uh, but the, the thing that's impacted me most from this story is that Jesus is, in his last moments, is submitting to the Lord's will. He's submitting to the Lord's desire. And when I think about my life, I have so many, you know, I have such a, a, a 
and fight back and forth of my desires and what I want and what I think's okay and what I think's best for me. And then I read, you know, I read the word and, and I see, you know, things that God's saying, you know, this is good for you. No, this is what I desire for you. This is what I think is important to you. And there's this struggle that we have, you know, do I do this? Or I, I, I think I should do this. I think this is best for me. God says this is best for me. And it's also hard, right? If I were to ask you the question, you know, uh, what's God's will for you, right? That's a difficult question. Most of us can't figure out the answer to that, right? But what I want to say here, have you asked him? Like Jesus is gone to, you know, before this and is saying, hey, I know, you know, I know what I want to do. I don't want to go through with this, but your will, tell me your will, tell me your will, and what I'm challenged with this is, do I go to Jesus and say, what is your will? Do I let him speak? Do I give him time to speak? Or do I just follow what I want, my desires? Do I, do, do I let him speak to me? Because what Jesus is doing in the last moments of his life is submitting to the will of the Lord. Submitting to the will of the Lord. And it's crazy that our problem, our sin, right, began in a garden with rebellion. Our sin began in a garden when we rebelled and said, my desires, uh, not yours. I I know what's best for me, not, not you, right? Our sin began there, and it's gone through this whole story, this whole, the, all of the Old Testament, all of the history, and it's gone now to Jesus. And Jesus is, gonna, is, is, is about to go to the cross for our sins, right? The Son of God who's lived a perfect life, and he's going to stand in a garden, right? But he's going to make a decision not to rebel, but to submit to the will of God. What a powerful story. Jesus is submitting to the will of God. Jesus is saying, not my desires, I have them, but your desires. And so as we look at the last, you know, what, was, what, what did Jesus do? What did he say in his last 24 hours? Man, he said uh, some great things. He, he said, your will be done, right? But his actions speak so much louder because he's following through with God's will. And so I, what, what I want to challenge you guys with is, is to say, have these conversations for yourself, with yourself. Am I, am I following my will? Am I following my desires, my things? Where is that? T- am I, what is going on with that? Where is my motivation? Or am I following Jesus' will? Am I following God's will? And if you don't know what God's will, have you asked him? Have you gone to him? Have you said, God, what is your will? You know, what is your, have you communicated with him? Have you gone like Jesus does in private? In, 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 uh, in Luke, it says his stones throw away. So he goes to, you know, he's close, but he's, he's gone by himself. And he sat there and he's saying, you know, I know what my will is, but you tell me your will. And I'll do your will if you want it to. I just don't want to do it. And I want you to, I want you to know that I don't want to do it. But if you have those conversations, because our sin started with rebellion. Our sin started when we 
went with our desires and not his. And it was only righted, it was only made, uh, made clean when a perfect Savior came and chose to follow God's wills and not his desires. And so we have a, we have a, uh, a typically we get confused with all, you know, we read all these passages and, and spiritual things and what's my issue and what's going on and what am I having problems with? But uh, don't be tricked, right? Our biggest problems is, our biggest problem is still rebellion from God. Our biggest problem is still not seeking his will, but our own. Our biggest problem um, in sin is that, exactly that, rebellion from God. And so he says in verse 54, he says, how then will the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must happen this way? And it was cool, only but a few weeks ago, uh, Ben came up here and he, he, he taught about how Jesus was, you know, hidden, not hidden, but hidden in plain sight, really, in the uh, Old Testament. And he read from Isaiah 53, and in verse, Isaiah uh, 53, verse 7, it says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. His mouth. So hundreds of years before Jesus was even on the earth, he got this prophet Isaiah and he said, hey, I want you to say these words. I want you to write this down. Who knows how much of it Isaiah understood? Who knows if he had an idea what he was talking about? But he writes down that he's going to be oppressed and afflicted, but he's not going to open his mouth. And Jesus is standing in front of these guards able to open his mouth at any time and have legions and legions of, of angel armies come down and spare him from all of this. His desires are perfectly in his hands. His, his will for his life is something that he can absolutely accomplish right then if he wants to. But instead, he's going to say, your will be done. Your will be done. And he's going to follow through with it and he's going to save us. And so, think about that. Are you submitting to the will of God? Are you, are you asking him, what is your will? Please don't let me rebel. Help me follow you. So that's what I have. Let me pray for us, and then we'll be done. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you that you sent your son, um, that he lived a perfect life and he came and he died for us, Lord. And I thank you that it was your plan from the very beginning, that from the, the moment we sinned, from the moment that we were separated from you by our rebellion, by our, our choice to follow our own desires and not yours then, but from the very beginning, you had a plan to redeem us back to you. Lord, I thank you that you sent your Savior to do that, Lord. And I pray that we would be a people who follow your will, Lord. I pray that we would, re- we would not rebel, that we, but we would seek after you, that we would pray earnestly, that we would ask you to reveal uh, what your desires are, what, your, um, what, what you have in mind, what, what purpose you have, Lord. I pray that you would make that process easier for us. Lord, I pray that you would help us understand. Lord, and I pray that you would forgive us, which you always do. Thank you so much for your Savior. And here I pray. Amen.
All right, you guys, thank you so much for coming. Um, I thought Ben was going to come up here and say bye, but it, sorry. So have a good week. Have a good week and spring break. So turn up. Whoop.